of honor. You're worthy of all the praise. God, we thank you for having your way, God, amongst your people on today, God. We thank you, Father God, that it's not about us, God, it's all about you. So, Father, we humbly submit ourselves unto you today. And every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us today to harass us, to oppress us, God, I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. Let this mind be in us today, which was also in Christ Jesus. God, we have the mind of Christ. God, I come against right now on this day, dementia, in the name of Jesus. I curse it at the root in Jesus' name. God, every attack that the enemy want to bring against the mind, God, to cause us to be forgetful, God, to cause us to think, Father God, that we are losing our minds. We break that power off right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. And God, we just thank you and praise you on the day for the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary for the remissions of our sin. Without the blood, God, there would be no remission of sin. So we thank you for the blood of Jesus. And Father God, I decree and I declare the blood of Jesus in this room on today. In Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that we have been covered by the blood in Jesus name and God I just give you all glory all honor and all praise and I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live but it's Christ who lives in me and father the Holy Spirit is here right now to do a work so as the word of God go forth I thank you that the Holy Spirit is releasing the power of God in this room to do a work amongst your people thank you that people shall be healed delivered and set free on today God God. Thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength on today. In Jesus' name, we honor you. We glorify you, God. And God, right now, I speak healing upon us. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I say, be healed, be made whole. I speak to hip pain right now. In the name of Jesus. I command it to go right now in Jesus' name. I command every bone, every tendon, every joint, every muscle to come back into alignment with the word of God. By Jesus Christ, you were healed in Jesus' name. God, thank you for making every crooked place straight right now in Jesus' name. I bind swelling right now in the joints in Jesus' name. I command it to go in Jesus' name. I speak to discs and backs right now. I command them to line up with the word of God in Jesus name. God, I thank you that you're taking spines that are crooked and you're making them straight right now in Jesus name. I speak to pinch nerves in this room and I command them to come into alignment with the word of God in Jesus name. I speak that the body right now in Jesus name is whole. In the name of Jesus, by Jesus Christ, you are already made healed. Information go in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, right now in Jesus' name. And we honor you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to continue. The word of God on how well do you know him, and we're going to add some more to it. God is bringing this in this house to prepare Miracle Temple for what's yet to come. And the only way you're going to get through what's yet to come and what's already here is knowing him, becoming acquainted with him. Go back with me to Genesis 
the second chapter, and I'm going to start there, beginning at verse 1 and ending at verse 3. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 3. And the word of God reads, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. I'm going to read verse 1 again. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. We're talking about um, knowing God. How well do we know him? You can have a seat. But today I want to go back through some things that God has put on my heart. When we know him, we're going to continue in him. We talked about that in John chapter 8. And when we continue in him, people are going to know that we are his disciples, that we are followers of Jesus Christ. And we know that when we continue in his word, when we remain, when we abide in that word, we know that the truth, we shall know the truth, and then the truth shall set us free. The only way you're going to know truth is continuing in truth. It's to remain in truth no matter what's going on. So then God shifted me to back in Genesis when God completed everything that he needed to do with the heavens and with the earth. When he completed it, finished means complete. That, that means there's nothing else that needs to be done to it. He completed it. He did it on the seventh day, which means complete perfection. When something is perfected, nothing else need to be done to it. And then it says that he rested. That rest means that there was no more labor. When you complete something and you finish there is no more labor. There's nothing else that need to be done. And then it says he ended his work. Ended again is complete and is finished. So when we really focus on that and meditate on that, everything that need to be done was already done. God did not have to go back and do it. Now I want you to let that marinate. Everything that needed to be done, God already done it. He didn't have to go back and do it. That's why he rested on the seventh day because it was perfection it was complete it was good so God didn't have to go back and redo nothing all over again because he ended his work he completed it he finished it so what I want you to know today is everything that God has done for us is already done your healing is complete your healing is finished everything prosperity everything in that salvation package was complete so by it being complete he didn't have to go back and redo it that's why jesus told his father he said father i have finished the work that you have given me i have glorified you on this earth he said i have finished it that's why on the cross he said it is finished it is done it is complete what you have sent me to do dealing with salvation of your people the works of all that is complete now the only thing they have to do is grab hold to me to accept me to accept what has already been finished and complete when you accept jesus you have everything you need. It's, and guess what? The thing is, it's on the inside of you. Everything you need is in your spirit. 
And in order to get it out of your spirit, you have to know what you have. So that way you can get what you need from God. It's in you. So whatever's in you have to come out of you. But if you don't know what's in you, guess what? You cannot get it out of you. So this is why it takes renewing your mind. This is why it takes being not conformed to this world. Now I'm going to say, being not conformed, being not conformed, being not conformed, being not conformed, being not conformed to what? This world. And this is why Paul wrote that. He said, be not conformed to this world. You cannot go after the patterns of the world. You can't go after what the world is doing. He said, what I want you to do, I want you to be transformed. He said, by the changing of your mind. Transformation starts right here in your soul. Your spirit has everything that it needs through God. But in order to pull from your spirit to get it in your soulish realm, your mind has to be renewed and then your body is going to follow. Our bodies are not following because we really don't know who we are now that we're in Christ. We have to know who we are. Now that we're in Christ. So God wanted us to know it is finished. Say, look at your neighbor. Say, it is finished. It is. Say, it is finished. It is. Say, there's nothing else that needs to be done. Say, so quit asking God for something he's already done. It is finished. So I want to put that in there, but then God began to lay on my heart when we go back to Jesus. When Jesus walked the earth, he already knew what his father had already done through him. Jesus was carrying everything that was needed on the earth for the earth to get into alignment with what God had already done. Jesus was bringing the kingdom here on earth. We are kingdom citizens. So when we walk this earth, we should be bringing forth what God has already done. That comes through us. If somebody needs to be healed, they don't have to wait on healing. Healing is already a part of you. It's complete. It is finished. It is done. It's a done work. So that's why you can lay hands on the sick and you can see them recover because healing is already in you. God don't have to go back and do it again. He said, I have given you everything that you need. So don't walk by somebody that's sick. He said, begin to say, rise up off of your bed of affliction in Jesus name. Cause you're carrying the healing power within you. Everything. You don't have to go run to me and nobody else rise up to what's already in you. The reason why we are not rising up cause we don't know what we have. When you don't know what you have, you looking for somebody to give you something and you already have what you need. That's why he, in this verse of scripture in Genesis 2, he kept saying, it is finished. It is complete. I have ended my work. That's why I can rest. God said what we're resting is, we're resting to labor in what he's already done. That's why our faith is in him and not in ourselves. So the more we find out what we have in him, the more we can operate, the more it will manifest through us. And we don't have to wait on nobody to try to lay hands or do anything. We pull out of what we already have. I'm going to pause for a minute. Because I'm going to let Melanie 
Go ahead and get out what she need to get out. Hallelujah. I'm going to let her go ahead and get out what she need to get out so we can move forward. Because evidently, the spirit of the living God that's in her is doing something. And we want him to finish doing what he has to do. Amen. Because see, when your baby is leaping, sometimes people can cry it out. Sometimes people have to holler it out to get it out. So we're going to just wait. Amen. We're going to just wait. Because sometimes there's a birthing that need to go forth. And we're going to let that birthing go forth. I'm telling you something. When the word hits you. The way it needs to hit you. There is a shaking. There's a moving. There's a tumbling that's going on. And it's affecting the body. So what's happening to Melanie right now. Her spirit is connecting to what's being said. Faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. Now she's getting those electrical impulses from the Holy Ghost. So she can't just keep it in. She'd want to get it out. Amen. (laughs) So we're going to let her get it out. And we're going to go ahead with the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And before I do go ahead with the word, because y'all know this is sort of unusual, right? But I'm going to stop for a minute. Lisa, is there something you want to share before I continue? Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when you're free in him and you feel free around those that are around you, that means you're not ashamed. You're not ashamed. And some people would say, man, she need to be delivered. (laughs) The Holy Ghost is doing what he need to do. He's already done what he need to do. So sometimes we have to take the time and let God finish doing what he has to do. Amen. So I, I know it was unusual, but I, I just had to stop. And when we let the Holy Ghost take over, we need his help, y'all. But when we allow him to do what he need to do, I'm telling you, it's such a refreshing. It's such a joy and it's such a peace that's within us. So what we have to do, that's resting. That's resting. And this is what I'm talking about today. God rested because he knew what was already done. He didn't have no worry in none of it because he knew what he had created and what he had made was good. He knew it was perfected. He knew it was nothing else that needed to be done with what he had done. But we know it got messed up through what? Through the fall. But that's why he sent Jesus to bring back into this evil world. His presence, his goodness, his glory, his healing, his deliverance. Jesus was bringing it back into an evil world saying, just because this world is like this don't mean you have to stay like this. Because God want to give you his kingdom. He want his kingdom to be a part of you. This is why Jesus said, repent. 
Repent means have a change of mind. He said, repent for the kingdom of God has come near you. The kingdom of God has come. Jesus was bringing the kingdom. And the only way you can get the kingdom is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. But going back to it is finished. When you know everything is done, you're not trying to get it done. You're going to rest in his promises. You're going to rest in the word of God because you know what God has done. There is a rest for God's people and that rest is in Jesus Christ. And if Jesus is in you and you're in him, no matter what comes up, you're resting. Why are you resting? Because you know him. You have become acquainted to him. You can rest in healing even though your body is acting up. Even though it don't want to line up, you can still rest in him because you know what he's already done. So you're not trying to get your body to do something outside of what he done. You just commanding your body. I command you in the name of Jesus. I'm going to say it like Gloria. Stop all your foolishness. And I'm going to say it like Athea. This ain't not my monkey business. This ain't the way God created you to be. So I want you to stop all this. And I want you to line up with what the word of God is saying. Now some people will say, you're crazy. No, I'm crazy in Jesus. Because if the word says it's mine, then I'm going to believe what the words say outside of what's going on in my life. So the closer you come to God, the more acquainted you get with God, you're going to look ignorant to other people. You're going to look like you're crazy to other people because you're not believing what they're believing. That means that you're not conformed no more to the world. See, when you don't believe what the world is believing, you no longer conform to the world. Guess what? You know you're being transformed. You're being transformed and changed because you're in the word of God. So if somebody look at you like you're crazy, or if somebody say what you're talking is foolishness, say, I'd rather be a fool for God. Because everything that God says is true. I have become so acquainted with him that I'm knowing the truth and the truth is freeing me in every area. Even though in my spirit I'm free, sometimes your soul is so tied up with bondage you can't experience the freedom in your spirit. This is why we have to go into the word of God and we have to take the word for what it is outside of how we feel. Do not go on your feelings. Faith is not a feeling. You have to go on the word of God. If we keep going on our feelings, we're going to miss out what we already have. So today, what I want to continue is if it's already finished and God has already given us everything that we need, we know it's in our spirit. We know how we pull it out of the spirit um, to our soulish realm. So to come through the body and so we can live according to our spirit We know it comes through the word of God, but there's some things in our lives that are stopping us from getting what we need. And this is what God put on my heart today. Preparing your heart. Preparing your heart. Go to Ezra. Go to the book of Ezra. And let's look at Ezra, the seventh chapter. And this is what God was giving me in the book of Ezra. God is so good because all of this is going to link together and you're going to understand What's going on in your life? If you have everything and you complete in him, what's going on in my life? In the book of Ezra, we know Ezra was one of the ones that was leading them out of Babylon. And he was taking them back to Jerusalem. But what was happening, God gave um, Ezra favor through the king. He gave him favor. But this is one thing that Ezra had to do in verse 10. 
It says, Ezra 7 verse 10, for Ezra had prepared his heart, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. So it started with Ezra first. And we know Ezra was a scribe. He was like a priest. And God had chosen him to teach the people. What God was doing, he was getting Ezra to teach them the laws, teach them how to worship him. He was teaching them how to do God's way of doing things. And he was using Ezra to do it. But what Ezra had to do, and this is where we miss it. He had to prepare his heart. He had to set his heart. He had to make his heart ready to seek the Lord. So I said, Lord, what is it about making your heart ready? How do you make your heart ready? How do you set your heart to seek the Lord? And this is what God said. Get rid of everything that you have put before me. He said, in order for your heart to be prepared and made ready, everything that we have put before God, we have to get rid of it. And he showed me a scripture in the word of God that goes along with this. Go right down first Samuel. 7 verse 3. 1 Samuel 7 verse 3. And in 1 Samuel 7 verse 3, I'm reading out this expanded. It said, Samuel spoke to the whole group, all the people, the house of Israel, saying, If you turn back to the Lord with all your heart, you must remove, get rid of, banish your foreign gods and your idols of Astroth. You must give yourself, commit, direct your hearts fully to the Lord and serve only him. Then he will save, rescue, deliver you from the Philistines. So what God was telling Samuel to tell the people, Samuel was a prophet. And a prophet is one that speaks on the behalf of God. But we know today that we don't have to wait for a prophet to come to us because we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will remind us of what God is saying to us. But back then he spoke through the prophets. So don't let a prophet that say they're a prophet saying you can't hear what God say, not lest I tell you. That's a lying prophet. Do not listen to that male or that female. But what was happening here, they did not have the Ark of of the Covenant for 20 years. That Ark was where the presence of God was, where the presence of God dwelt. So they did not have it for 20 years. The Philistines had it. Then they had to give it up. And then it it ended up somewhere else. And finally, the whole people was willing to serve the Lord. But this is what Samuel said. You got to give your whole heart to the Lord. How can I give my whole heart to the Lord? Get rid of. He said, get rid of your idols. Get rid of these other things that you are serving. Some of us may be serving television. Some of us may be serving material things, our house, our husbands, our wives, whatever you put in before God. He said, in order to prepare your heart and make it ready, you got to love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. He said, I want all of you, not just part of you. And if you really want to give me all of you, you will let go of everything else. And some people say, well, that's, that's, that's so hard, always depending on this person. See, you, you haven't become acquainted with God. You have not come to know God for who he is outside of, of that person. So he said, I want you to get rid of these things. I want you to get rid of these idols because that's all they did was serve other gods. So this is what God is saying to us today. 
to prepare your heart to make it ready what are you willing to get rid of now I'm not talking about divorcing your husband or divorcing your wife by no means I'm not talking about getting rid of them in that way but God said you have to check yourself and say God what am I serving more than you whom am I looking up to more than you God show me those things in my life that's keeping me away from you because some of us are so far from God, we don't miss him. And we don't even know when he show up. And we're saved. And this is what God had told me. He said, we can accept the Lord. I had to write it down. We can accept him, but that does not mean we're devoted to him. He said, we can accept him, but that does not mean we devoted to him. Let me tell you what devoted means. And God began to break it down. He said, to be devoted to me, that means you're loyal to me. To be loyal to me, that means that you're faithful to me. And all of this is trusting me more than you trust in anyone or anything. He said, people have accepted me, but they're not devoted to me because they still have not let go of what's really keeping them from me. We have a lot of people that are saying, I have accepted Christ, but we're still holding on to things in our lives that we don't want to let go of. Some of us hold on to control because we always was used to being in control. But the more you get in him and you get into the word, you don't want to be in control no more. You know, God is in control and God is the one that give you the orders and you carry out what God wants you to carry out. Yo, I'm a living witness because the closer I got to God, I realized control on my life. I realized that I was acting like a Jezebel sometime. See, Jezebel want what she want when she want. And you can have some silent Jezebels. You can have some Jezebels that don't speak up too much, but they do stuff undercover. They do it silently. They want it their way or no way. And sometimes they try to do it in a nice way. Jezebel is manipulative. Jezebel always tried to make somebody feel bad to get what she want when she wanted. Jezebel always tried to back somebody in a corner so she can be seen, so she can be the limelight. Jezebel loved getting with some Ahabs. Uh-huh. Some Ahabs that want to bow down to Jezebel just to have peace in their house. See, Jezebel always get what Jezebel want because Jezebel put other people out the picture so she can be seen clearly. Y'all know about Ahab and Jezebel in the Bible. Ahab went to get a vineyard and he wanted the vineyard so bad, but the man wouldn't give it to him. And by him not giving it to him, Ahab went home crying like a baby because he couldn't get what he wants. See, he was the king and the king expected whatever I asked for, I should be able to get it. But this man say, no, this is part of our heritage. I'm not going to give that to you. See, he was not going to give up what belonged to him. He went home and he cried to his wife, Jezebel. Y'all know what old Jezebel did? I'll handle this for you, um, Ahab. I got your back. I love you just that much. You're my husband. We're one. See, Jezebel is so sneaky. She makes that man think, you know what? I got you. Don't worry about it. That's what she did. So what did she do? She had him killed. And then she gave him the vineyard. This is what's happening in the body of Christ. We have Jezebels rising up in the body of Christ. And they're not only women, they are men. 
We have them rising up and they're getting so sneaky in the body of Christ. They're using manipulation to try to grab people, to try to get people to be with them. And they're using the wrong motive to do it. But this is why God said you got to recognize what's in your life before it begin to control you, before you begin to get out of control. He said you got to spend time with me and allow me to reveal what the enemy is using in your life. Some of us think, oh, I'm okay. It's nothing going on with me. But the more time you spend with the Holy Spirit, you will see more of what's going on with you than you see what's going on with everybody else. Sometimes we think we got it right and we don't have it right. Sometimes God will break us down, y'all, piece by piece and say, ah, you still got that in your life. You need to work on that area in your life. So this is what he said to prepare your heart. To make it ready, to set your heart upon me, you got to get rid of what you're holding on to. Whether it's your money, whether it's your lover, whether it's your husband, your whoever it may be. God said, you got to be willing to put them aside for me. Because in Jeremiah, I believe it was in the third chapter, God was saying that Judah and Israel was being unfaithful to him. They had another lover. They were being prostitutes. See, we can be prostitutes when it comes to God. We can be unfaithful and unloyal to him because our loyalty is based on how much money we make. Our loyalty is based on, um, are they going to like me or are not they going to like me? Maybe I'll do this or maybe I'll do that to get them to like me. We're more faithful to other things than we are to God. Why? Because he's not first in our lives. So when those other things put us down, we can't take it. You know why we can't take it? Because we have not been in that place with God. So when things do begin to happen in our lives, we can depend on him more than we depend on those other things. So God said, you got to get rid of those things. He said, you got to get rid of those idols, anything in your life that you're putting ahead of me. That's how you prepare in your heart. Then he gave me another scripture. But let me back back up to being devoted, to being loyal and faithful to God. When we're devoted and we're loyal and we're faithful to God, we have put away other things. Remember I said there's nothing or nobody that's before him. He reminded me, he's always reminded me of marriage, y'all. When we get married, husbands and wives, we have made a commitment to that man and that woman. Commit. That means I'm going to be loyal to you. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to be here for you for better or for worse. In sickness and in health. Richer or poor and unto death do us part. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be loyal. See, this is my problem, y'all. When it comes to a man and a woman... A man's supposed to love his wife just how Christ loves the church. If that man don't know how Christ loved the church, he's not going to be able to love you in that way. Because the closer that man get to God, he's going to love his wife the way Christ loved the church. He's not going to let anything or anyone come in and try to overtake that wife. He's going to be there for that wife 
based upon based upon the word of God. He's going to do everything that the word tell him to do concerning that mate. When you are faithful and when you are loyal, when you spend time with God, there is no way you may falter a little, but you're going to run from the stuff that's going to keep you from your God. You're going to flee from that stuff. You ain't going to want to do that stuff no more. Even when your mind is thinking about lustful thoughts, you erasing them out of your mind and saying, that's not who I am. I have the mind of Christ. That's not who God created me to be. Because it don't have to be fake, um, unloyal in the bedroom. It can be unfaithful in your mind. And if you don't clean that mind up, that body is going to follow what that mind wants. And it's going to happen quick, fast, and in a hurry. See, if you're having lustful thoughts, God is taking this somewhere. If you're having lustful thoughts for a male or a female, and what you're doing, you're allowing those thoughts to grow. But you're not casting those thoughts down. If those thoughts are exalting itself above God, they got to be cast out. You can't leave those thoughts there and allow them to run rapid. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. So you got to get rid of those thoughts. Because you're not only being unfaithful to your mate, you're being unfaithful to God. Because if lust is in the way, you put lust before God. you allowing it to exalt itself. So you want, why you think Paul say cast down? Every thought. That's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. Oh, no, you coming against my God. See, that's how you prepare in your heart. When your heart is right before God, you're saying you can't stay up in here. No, because you're trying to get deep. You can't stay here in my mind because if I leave you here, you're going to be planted in my heart. And then I'm going to be following everything that I should not be following. So we got to get rid of those things. Y'all, it starts with a thought. It starts with what you think. And if you don't empty that thinking out, you'll be saying and doing things that you shouldn't say or you shouldn't do. The enemy knows these things. This is why Ezra had to prepare his heart before he began to teach the people. Ezra had to get in a place with God where he knew what the word of God was saying to him. And as his heart was prepared to seek the Lord, he began to teach the people why he was longing for God. He was yearning. Do you have a longing? If you have a longing and you have a yearning from God, like, God, I just have to be with you. God, I just can't do without you. You know where your heart is. But if you go day by day and you don't even miss getting in your word, your heart ain't prepared. If you don't miss it and you just go home and you sleep and say, I just need my rest and you ain't even thinking about God, that's because your heart is far from God. See, when your heart is near to God, you can't lay down without it. You got to be thinking about it. It got to be marinating on the inside of you. You can't go a minute or second without picking up your word and saying, God, speak. God, what are you saying? God, I need help with this. You're going more towards God than you're going more towards anything else. That's when your heart is really prepared. That's when you can begin to stand because you're not letting nobody get in the way of your God. So he said to be devoted Being faithful to me, being loyal to me, and getting back to marriages. When you are loyal to your husband or wife, I don't care who walked past you looking good. You can turn away from that. 
You can flee from that. And it, it ain't hard to do. If you're faithful to God, you're going to be faithful to your mate. Because God ain't going to let you get out of order with your mate if you're faithful. That's how I know. This is how you know where your heart is. And you know what? Some people say they blame it too on. Well, I wasn't saved when I done that. I beg you to differ. Because everybody know right from wrong. Even when you're not saved. And I'll give you an example. When you walk into a doctor's office, unsaved folk. And that doctor tell you, if you don't change your eating habits, you won't be here next year. Immediately, you made up your mind. I'm not eating this way no more. I'm going to do better. And you start doing better. And when people are eating it in front of you, you back off off of it because you know, no, I want to live. And I don't want to die, right? You know why? Because a man had to tell you that you trusted. You trusted that doctor. The doctor told you this is what you don't supposed to do. If you do it, this is what's going to happen. So you backed up off of it. But God sent you a word before you went to the doctor. And God told you, don't eat this no more or this is what's going to happen. You didn't want to hear from God. You wanted to hear from man. Your heart ain't where it need to be for God. Because you should know when God is speaking to you. And you don't need no man to tell you something that God is... He sent people to tell you. Unsaved folk. He sent people to tell you, don't do this. I'll give you another example. People that were smoking cigarettes when they were in the world. Didn't know Jesus. But they decided they weren't going to smoke no more because they told them if you smoke some more, you probably end up with cancer. They backed off of cigarettes quick, fast, fast and in a hurry. But they picked up something else, right? But they backed off of it. But when God tell us to do something, we say it's hard. Because the devil wants you to think it's hard. Now you have a helper to help you, which is the Holy Spirit. That's why God said you can call on the comforter. You can call on the Holy Spirit and he will be there to help you. So when we're in this world and not of this world, the Holy Spirit help us not to do what the world does. And he does it through the word of God. But you got to put the word in you. So when the Holy Spirit is speaking the word, you don't have to say who that. You're going to know who that is because you done been with the word. He said, my sheep know my voice. Some of us been saved 20, 30, 40 years and don't even, still don't know when God's speaking. Because your heart ain't right. You ain't prepared your heart before the Lord. You got other things that you have put before God. God said you got to move those other things out the way. If you ever see people in church... That's not doing what they need to be doing and always have to be told what to do. Their heart ain't prepared like it need to be. Because if your heart is where it need to be, everything that God put in your hands, you doing it unto the Lord because your heart is prepared before. Nothing is getting in front of him. So when you devote it to your wife, to your husband, you don't want to be unfaithful. And when somebody is coming your way to cause you to be unfaithful, you turn from that and you end up ministering the word of God to them and you end up telling them what the word of God is saying unto you. So God said, I want 
faithful people. I want devoted people. And the only way you can do that is through my word. You can't just come in here on Sunday and see me again on another Sunday and have not gotten into the word of God and known me for yourself. Then he began to show me another person in 2 Chronicles 20, 33. This was Jehoshaphat. Y'all remember Jehoshaphat, how he called on the Lord. He was fearful. He called on the Lord and he told the Lord, he said he don't know what to do. His eyes is upon him. But at the end of Jehoshaphat's life, this is what happened. Second Chronicles 20, 33. But the places where gods were worshipped, high places were not removed. And the people did not really want to follow, had not committed, devoted themselves to, had not set their hearts on the God of their ancestor fathers. Did you hear that? It said that the high places wasn't removed. This is where they went up and they worshiped these other gods. They were not removed. And it said because these people have not devoted their heart to the Lord. Anything that you have not moved out of your life that's still there is because you have not devoted. You have not committed your heart unto the Lord. When you commit your heart unto the Lord, me or no one else have to tell you what to get rid of. You're ready to get rid of it yourself because you're spending so much time with God. You're saying, no, that can't stay in my life. Nobody don't have to tell you because you're in the word of God. The word of God is telling you what to do and how to do it. So we want to ask him. We want to ask the Holy Spirit, what's in my life that's causing me not to be devoted to you? What's pulling me away from you, God? What am I doing, Father, that I should not be doing? Because, Father, I feel like I'm not as close to you the way I need to be. I feel like you far off, God. God, I want to be so close to you, God, that when you speak the first time, I'm like Samuel. Yes, Lord, I hear you. Because when Samuel recognized his voice, Samuel did not miss his voice. Even when Saul didn't do what God told him to do. Saul was trying to please the people. Why? Because his heart really wasn't devoted to God the way Samuel was. Saul ended up saving the king and God told him to kill the king. See, the king can build another kingdom. He didn't kill the king. What did Samuel did? He cut that king up because he was still honoring God. His heart was so devoted to God. He said, you can't live because my God said you can't live. Because see, you would end up trying to do produce other kingdoms. No, we're not going to have it. So he killed him. He was showing Saul, I'm doing what you should have done. When you are devoted to God, you obey God. You do exactly what he tell y'all. It is so good because the more you get into the word and you see those that were so devoted to God, go back to Daniel and Daniel chapter one. He was in Babylon and they wanted him to eat from the king's table. The stuff that was on the king's table was not good. It was defiled. He knew that it was outside of the way he was taught or what he learned. The Bible said he purposed in his heart. Not to eat that food because it was defiled. God saw Daniel's heart that God gave Daniel favor with the eunuch. And Daniel did not have to eat that food. And God manifested himself before that kingdom to let them know my God is above your God. 
So this is what we have to do when our heart is so devoted to God, no matter what man say, if it's outside of what the word says, we don't do it. We don't go that way. See, we're so quick to grab things when they flash money in your face. When they say this is what they can do for you. But if it's outside of what the word has already done, you don't go for it. That's how you know your heart is devoted to God. When family is going one way and you say, no, that ain't the way, the way of God. And you go this way. Guess what? There's going to be a separation because you're devoted to God. Your heart is there with God. But when you put in family ahead of God, that's who your God is. Because you worrying about what daddy, what mama, what sister, what brother, how they feel about me. They cannot take you to heaven nor hell. When you stand up before God, they're not going to be beside you. You're going to be there by yourself. And when you go to hell, you ain't worrying about who's in hell burning beside you. You worrying about how I can get out of hell. Come on, y'all better open your eyes and see. You cannot, I can't take this man with me. No, I can't. Because when I get ready to go see the king, I can't say, Father, can he come up here in heaven? If he ain't where he need to be, he can't. Or if I'm not where I need to be, I can't go where he's going. And I pray it ain't hell. So what I'm saying is, y'all, You better check yourselves to ask the Lord whom or what am I devoted to more than God? You better ask yourself, have you ever said this? I don't know what I'd do without them. Think about what you said. The enemy going to work that one. I don't know what I'd do if you wasn't here. Watch your words. Because the enemy is going to use that and have you depending more on that man or that woman more than you depending on God. See, I was one of those. I was one of those that idolized that man. Everywhere he went, I wanted to go. I don't care what race he went to, I'm going to be in that car. I remember this right here. I'm reminded, honey, of this one. I was so wanting to be everywhere he was. I remember we on I-40. This man was speeding, speeding, speeding. I said, you need to, I said, I'm going to tell my daddy. He said, well, I'm going to say this. If we die, you ain't going to better tell your daddy nothing. <laughs> I idolized him so much when I got out that car, I was stupid enough to get back in it. Y'all done it? Y'all have done it. Maybe y'all ain't done the speeding in the car, but you done the high with the marijuana and heroin and all that other stuff trying to keep up with everybody else. And I ain't going to take no more. And then the the less you take, the more you got to have. Y'all done something to idolize whom you were with because they told you this is what you have to do or how you have to do it. So you know what God did when I went through depression in my mind and I thought this man could save me for that. God showed me he can't help you now. The very one that you depended on, the very one that you say that love you the most, even though he want to help you, he can't help you because this man wanted to put me in the oats because he didn't know what to do. He didn't tell me this, y'all. Oh, thank God. To afterwards. But he wanted to send me away. 
But God wouldn't let him do it. Look what you would have missed out, man. <laughs> See how the devil tried to use you? <laughs> He's laughing now. Look around. Gee, you need to get your dad. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Y'all laughing, but this is the truth. The enemy tried to pull people out of your life because, see, he know what's planned for you. Look at Job. Look at Job, y'all. He really tried to kill Job, but Job held on. But what I'm saying is, you have to know, I idolized him, but when I had that time in my life where he couldn't even help me, y'all, I was calling on Jesus like I really knew him and I didn't. I was calling on my dead mother, my dead grandfather. Y'all healed everybody else. Come in here and heal me. And they never showed up. But when I start calling on Jesus and I start letting go of my husband and start letting go of everything else in my life and I devoted my life to him, seemed like it got worse before it got better. But when he really starts speaking to me, And telling me what to do and I did it and boom, bam, things begin to happen. I'm like, that's my God. That's my God. And I begin to vote more time to him. I begin to shut other things off. Like going to races with this man. No, I won't go. I wouldn't follow him no more. So he's like, something ain't right. Jesus was right. You go ahead on. Wouldn't even call him. He said, you ain't even called me. I didn't. I was so wrapped up. And getting me where I needed to be with the Lord, everything else didn't matter no more. Only thing I wanted was me some Jesus. God, I want to feel you the way I need to feel you. I want to hear you the way I need to hear you. God, anything else in my life, show me, Lord. So God would show me on a daily basis. And I would get rid of these things with the help of the Holy Spirit. That means I turned away from these things. And that's when God said, I can trust you now. See, some of us still can't be trusted by God because we say, yes, Lord, but deep in our heart is no. And this is what I have learned. You can have people that are saying yes to you, but their heart is far from you. They're doing what you want them to do, but they're not doing it with their whole heart. So it's meaningless. So we need to check our hearts, y'all. Whatever you're doing, don't just do it just to be doing it, just to be seen. You're supposed to be doing it unto the Lord. And the reason why you can't really do it unto the Lord because you got some blockers there in your heart. And whatever those blockers are, you got to get rid of them to totally commit yourself. And we're supposed to have done that the day we got born again. But some of us are finding out, God, I didn't really commit to you. God, I did it because somebody else was doing it. But God, I really want to make a commitment now. God, I don't want to be unfaithful to you no more. So God say, whom or what are you devoting yourself to? What have you turned yourself over to? What are you grabbing hold to more than you grabbing hold to him? God said, it's time to loose it and let it go. He said, because you're missing out on everything that I have for you. This is why he told his people, when you get into these lands, he said, get rid of all of these things. He said, get rid of these high places. Get rid of even the pictures, the images. Get rid of all of this. Why? He said, because it's going to come between me and you. You're going to end up doing what they do. That's why you got to get rid of these things. So we're talking about 
devoting your heart to God, being faithful unto God and not unto man. And the only way we can do it, y'all, is being in the word of God. The enemy does not want you in the word because he knows the word is going to bring you life. And when you experience the life from the word of God, the way you need to experience it, you ain't going to want nothing else. You're going to be satisfied. You're going to be satisfied with where you are because you know and I'm complete in him. Everything that I need, I was made complete in him. It's not up to me. It was up to him. And I'm living according to him and not according to me. So when we go back and look at Ezra, Ezra was ready to teach them the word because he had devoted himself unto God. When you devote yourself unto God, y'all, things may change in your life, but you don't change. Things may change in your life, but you don't change. You're the same. When you hang around people, you're not hanging around Lucy acting one way. And hanging around Mary acting another, you're the same. So when Mary and Lucy come together, they ain't talking about two different personalities. When Mary and Lucy come together, they're not talking about two different personalities. They need to be talking about the same person. See, we act one way with one group of friends. We act another way with another group of friends because we're trying to fit in with all of them. But if you're the same all the way around, you're going to get shunned by both groups. Because if you're devoted to God, no matter what group you're in, they're going to kick you out of that group because you're not like them no more. If you ain't been kicked out of a group, that means it's something that that group see in you that you ain't seen in yourself. Some of y'all are holding on by a thread. Because you know in that group is wrong. But you staying in that group because you saying they love me. They accept me from who I am. But no, that's not who you are. Because you got a tugging and you got a pulling on you saying no, you got to let that go. But you so afraid of letting it go because you saying I'll be by myself. The Bible says I will never leave you. Nor shall I forsake you. He promised you that he will be with you even unto the end. Rest in that. God, I feel lonely in this world, but I know I'm not alone. I know that you're with me because you told me you wouldn't leave me. God, I know that I have been accepted so that I don't have to be rejected because you have already accepted me in the beloved. So see, when your heart is devoted to God, you're going to always go back to God. You're not going to come back to me or nobody else. You're going to be so devoted to him that no matter what people say or do, you ended up right back with him. And you're not losing sleep on what this one is doing or what that one is doing. I always told this man, nobody have to never tell me if you've been unfaithful because I serve a God that will. I don't have to run around and hire a private eye. I don't have to spend money that I don't need to spend. Because God is going to show me you. Because he loved me that much. Because I devoted myself to him. So women, I'm telling you, don't waste money on private eyes. Don't waste money on Facebook, trying to go on Facebooks and be sneaky. You don't have to do that. Come on, get in with Jesus. Devote yourself with Jesus and he's going to show you every twist. 
He's going to show you every turn. He's going to show you what's going on. And that man or that woman is going to be, now that's God. Going to tell you what color you had on when you went in, when you come out. Going to tell you how much you paid, how much you laid down. Come on, that's my God. So you don't have to spend your time with lack of sleep. When you rest in him, it's some sweet sleep. Because guess what? The word is going to draw them or it's going to drive them. Because one thing that we have to understand, when we fall in love with Jesus, I'm telling you, y'all, it's a love that no one can fulfill because you found out how much he loved you first. That's, that's, that's why we have to get into the word of God and say, God, on y'all, I'm telling you, I'm feeling a tug in this room. Some of us have to let go of what we're holding on to. God is warning. We're holding on to people too tight. We're holding on to things too tight. We're working too hard to keep something that God didn't tell you to get. And you're missing your devotion with God because you're trying to pay for something that don't belong to you. You're trying to keep something that don't belong to you. When your devotion is with God, flesh is going to hurt. Flesh is going to be crucified when you got to let go of something that you've been holding on to for so long. Y'all, sometimes we hold on to our children so long, we can't even rest in God. Because we're trying to fix something for them. And the only one that could do it is God. We have to allow God to do what he need to do even in the midst of our hurt and our pain. We have to follow his way of doing and not our way of doing. Go through the word of God. Every man and every woman, when they did it God's way, look at what happened. When they got outside of God's way, look at what happened. So we have to take the word for what it is and say, God, this is what you're saying right now. This is what you want me to do and how you want me to do it. But the problem is we're spending more time with other things than we are the word. The verse that God gave me that we use all the time. It says in Proverbs 4, 20 through 23, we're so familiar with this. My son, pay attention to my word. My son, pay attention to my word. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep, this is the part, keep them in the midst of thine heart. See, the word has to be kept in the midst of your heart. Why? Here's the thing. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. When you keep the word in your heart, you got life. And God want that life to flow out of you for someone else. That's why you pay attention to his word. When you paying attention to his word, you inclining your ear to his saying. You letting them not to depart from your eyes. You keep them in, in the midst of your heart. Guess what you're doing? You're more devoted to him than you are to anything else. Because you're keeping the word in your heart. Then he goes on to tell you to keep thy heart. Guard thy heart. See, when the word is in your heart, you got to guard it. He said, guard it with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. We're not guarding our hearts. Some of us, we don't need to because we ain't putting nothing in. It's here. It's in your head. 
So how can you guard something that ain't in your heart yet? See, the enemy takes it from you before it get deep rooted in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. The enemy knows that. See, just because we got born again does not mean that we're not going to go and try to do some things that we used to do. That's why we got to renew our mind according to the word. Because some of the things I used to do, flesh desires to do it again. So I have to renew my mind to let me know that's not who you are now that you're in Christ. Come on, if some of us love to spend money before we got saved, we were greedy. We, we was operating in covetousness, but we didn't know it. But when we got into the word of God and the word says that our life does not consist of the abundance that we have. And the word began to speak to us. And all of a sudden we said, wait a minute, you said my life does not consist of the abundance that I have? So we begin to meditate on that thing and then we begin to settle down and say, I don't have to have this because somebody else got it. I don't have to covet these things because my neighbor got it. I don't have to covet these things because my sister or brother got it. I don't have to covet these things because every time a commercial come on, I got to have it. Y'all don't know why they advertise stuff. Because they want you to get it. And then this is the thing. We find ways to get these material things. But when it comes to doing what God wants us to do, we ain't got it. That's where your heart is. That's where your heart is. We cannot find means to help out the house of God. But we can find means to get what we want. We move a little bit aside and then we get it. But when it comes to a need in the house of God, oh, they just greedy. They always asking for something. That's who you're devoted to. Your heart speaks volume. And it comes out of your mouth. Our first place should be with God. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, his way of doing things, and all of these things shall be added unto you. God want to know, where's your heart? He said, if your heart is for me, nobody don't have to tell you what to do and how to do it because you're going to do it according to me. Nobody don't have to stay on you and say, don't do this, don't do that. Why ain't you done this? Why ain't you done that? And I have learned this. I have always said this. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. You cannot make nobody do nothing. This is what the Lord was sharing with me. He said, I'm going to say it again. People say yes, but their heart says no. People say yes, but their heart say no. And I'll give you an example. If I raised my children, me and my husband, to be a certain way, and while they were under our roof, they did what we said because they felt like they had to do what we said. When they get from under that roof, you're going to know if it's a heart thing or it's a lip thing. Because sometimes... People do what you want them to do while they're around you. When they get from around you, they're going to do what they always wanted to do. It's a hard thing, y'all. So why are you surprised? There should not be no surprise at what you see. Because people will fool you as long as they get what they want. That's why you need discerning of spirits to know what's good and what's evil. Because God will show you the heart of a person. He'll let you know where that person's heart is. But if we don't spend time with God, we'll be fooled. Even the elect will be fooled. 
You have to know what's behind a person. Before you choose, you got to know what's behind that person. You don't just choose because everybody thinks that's what you need to choose. You choose according to the word. So we look in, in the word when it says, God said, in order to prepare your heart, you got to get rid of everything that you put in before me. That's the first thing. And when you're willing to get rid of everything that you put before me, that means you shutting it down, you turning it off. If television is before God, turn it off. I'm not going to watch this. Honey, take the remote. Don't give me that remote no matter what. You have to discipline yourself in that area. If a chocolate chip cookie is before God, if cake is before God, pork chop is before God, pig feet before God, gluttony before God, cut it off. Anything that's before God, that's taking your attention away from him, you got to cut it off. Why? Because you're not allowing God to do what he need to do in your life because you have things before him. You're not hearing him the way you need to hear him because you putting things before him. You need to say, God, what are you saying? God, what would you have me to do? So Daniel purposed in his heart. He was not going to do it. Daniel didn't do it. He was living amongst the Babylons, but whatever God told him to do, he did outside of how he felt. So we look at Psalms 112.7. It says, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. When your heart is fixed, it's steadfast. It's unmovable. It's always abounding in the works of the Lord. Why? Because you trust God more than you trust what's going on around you. Let's take time out to prepare our hearts. And don't get in a, in, in a hurry or a rush to say, God, here am I. God, I want to prepare my heart before you today. God, whatever I'm putting before you that I don't know nothing about, God, reveal it to me. Holy Spirit, help me to prepare my heart before him. Ezra prepared his heart to the point. Go to Ezra the 8th chapter. Let me tell you what happened. This is what happened. I believe it was Ezra. Let me find it. I'll paraphrase it. Ezra, after he prepared his heart, y'all. I think it is the 8th. Anyway, it is. In verse 21, Ezra prepared his heart. He was going to teach the people the way of the Lord the right way. And this is what had happened with Ezra and them. As they was going on their journey to go back to Jerusalem, he knew that they would have some opposition that would come up against them. So Ezra, what he did in verse 21, he proclaimed a fast. He was telling them, we're going to fast before the Lord, in which they did. They were fasting before the Lord, he said, to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. So Ezra, because his heart was prepared, because it was devoted to God, he said, God, we're going to seek you and we're going to see the right way for our families and for our substance. We want to know what you want us to do. When your heart is prepared, you're going to always go to God first. Now, this is what Ezra said. He said, for I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers. Now listen why he didn't require the king. A band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Because we had spoken unto the king saying. The hand of our God is upon all them for good. That seek him. But his power 
and his wrath is against all those that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. So look what Ezra did, because his heart was devoted to God. He sought God the right way. He didn't go to the king. Why? Because he trusted God. He said, I want them to see the same God I told them that was going to help us. He's going to help us. So I'm not going to the king. When your heart is devoted to God, you're not going to move off of what God says. So we need to check ourselves, Miracle Temple. And we need to see whatever we're doing. Are we doing it unto the Lord or are we doing it for show? Come on, we, we, we need to quit trying to do stuff for show just to say, look what I've done. I've done it. Leave me alone. This is why God say, give from the heart. Give from the heart. Nobody's looking at what you give. Give from the heart. You know where your heart is. Don't do stuff because you're afraid that somebody else may see what you're doing. Do it because you're doing it unto the Lord and you're not worrying about what people say. The lady that gave the little mite, she gave all that she had. She wasn't worrying about the, the big dogs out there that was given. Jesus knew their hearts and he knew their hearts wasn't right. But he honored the lady who gave the little that she had. Our hearts have to be right before him, y'all, because God know our hearts. And it's time to devote our heart right now to him more than we devote our heart to other things. And when you do that, you can rest in him. You can be still and you can know that he's God. Is your heart devoted to him or is your heart devoted to someone else? It's time now to devote everything to him and him alone because he's the only one that we can trust he's the only one that we can depend on so if you know him you can devote your heart to him if you become acquainted to him you have began to trust him and know that nobody can do it like God can let's loose everything that we're holding in this room today everything that you're holding with people or you feeling like you got to do this to be accepted by man or they're not going to accept you. Your heart ain't totally devoted to God. Because you're waiting on man. And you're not trusting in God. If it's money that you're depending on. I got something to tell y'all. Money is running away quick. As soon as you get it, it's taking legs and running. I ain't lying. You get some money and you look back and you say, what happened? $100 bills don't mean nothing no more. $1,000 bills don't mean nothing. No more. People are finding out money can't save me. That's why these celebrities, y'all, all these billions and millions they got, it's not enough. They're still trying to find ways to get more because that's their God. But when we're depending on God, when money get low, it don't affect us. I've seen some people when their money get low, they look sick. They look like they're ready to leave this world. And you're like, what in the world wrong with you? I ain't got no more money. So that was your God. See, this is why... God allows sometimes us to go through things. The Bible says, and I believe it's in Psalms 119, it may be before that, if I had not been afflicted, he was thanking God for those afflictions because through his afflictions, he got to know God. So sometimes through our afflictions, we get to know God, and that's the one that we can truly trust, y'all. So don't let things or let people take you away from your one and true God. It's time to take the word for what it is. And most of all, y'all, we got to get in it more. We got to hear what the word is saying unto us. Because it's a lot of people now on YouTube. It's a lot of people on Facebook. 
that's trying to say God said and God ain't said. And some people that really don't know him for themselves, they take whatever they're saying as truth. Now you got some of them up there saying, I didn't say that. I never said, yes, you did. That's exactly what you said. But if you trust in God, you can stand sure and say, I said it. I'm not changing it because I know my God don't lie. You haven't seen it yet, but God said it. Amen. So be careful. Be careful who you entertain and what you entertain because everything that say, Lord, Lord, is not him. Devote yourself to him. Prepare your heart every day before him so you won't turn away from him and turn to something else. Amen. I honor God, y'all. He's good, and I know he brought this in here for a reason. Amen. Do we have any announcements? Any announcements? Any announcements?